0: Welcome to Divorce Etc., hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it, so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Welcome to today's episode of the Divorce Etc. podcast. We are thrilled to have Leslie Kaplan with us here today. The way that we connected with Leslie was actually through someone I used to work with at Fox in TV, and it was a connection through Leslie's son, who was working with my friend Julie on her uh, FinTech podcast, and Julie came in contact with Leslie and had reached out to me and was like, you definitely have to talk to her. This woman is a freaking dynamo. She's amazing. She's been divorced. She has the best attitude about it. And you guys would totally be friends. So that's kind of how we came into contact. We spoke, Leslie wrote um, an article for our site about being divorced, and we just knew that when we started doing our Real Life Expert podcast interviews, that we needed her to share her story and talk about how she has moved forward, and so thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Welcome. So to give everyone a little bit of background, tell us briefly about your divorce story. Like, how old were your kids? What do you think was the impetus? Did you guys try to save it? Were you ready to just move on?
1: um background honestly I don't think it's a secret like in my social circle when I turned 38 and I realized "Mm, this is I I think I think things aren't going so well (laughs) I think things aren't always my fault and and you know I just I just real I woke up to a lot of things that I said wow my cousin doesn't do that in his family and my girlfriend's husband, who's president of a public company, he doesn't do that. You know. So I, I started realizing examples and instances that, that were very one-sided. Um, but to, to just set the tone fairly and properly, he is a great guy. He is a smart person. We all have our differences, I guess. Um, we just don't all acknowledge them in the same way. So I think that when those differences became so large and I felt I wasn't being heard, that's when I went, I need to do a reality check. Um, We tried therapy and the therapist would, you know, give a diagnosis or explain something to me. And I would sit there, and in my brain, I was going, "Nope, he's just me. Nope, he's just an <laughs> asshole. Nope, he's not nice." You know, and I and I I was not listening to the therapist. In all honesty, her inner um,
2: narrator—that's right—was feeding her the wrong message. Okay, this that's whole right. podcast. I was You're
1: so have to hear hurt it. and angry from the years built up, I could not hear anything yeah. different. Yeah. Um, so that was 38. So we tried to work on it. At the time, the kids, I guess our youngest was 12. So we had probably 12, 15, and 18. Okay. So one was already in college. One was on his way out the door to college. And one was transitioning, I guess, middle school to high school.
2: Right. I thought you were going to say to puberty.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, I was pretty much there. Transitioning. I got those, those, those were fun years, too. Yes, you know? totally.
0: So I think it's so interesting that you're, that you are saying that you acknowledge that you really weren't listening to the therapist. And I also think that so many people out there, like you go to therapy under the auspices of like, what can we do different to try to make it work? But I'm always fascinated by people who can go to marriage counseling and then it actually helps and they're able to kind of move past it. Cause I, I think that so many of us, I know for me, both times with my marriages, like by the time we got to therapy, I don't know that there was, that it was able to be saved. Like, I think there's so much anger and resentment and hurt and misunderstanding built up. It's like, how do you even sort of move past that? I I feel like at some point I'd be very interested in seeing the stats on like the percentage of people that go to marriage counseling that stay together versus the number of people that go to marriage counseling that end up just getting divorced.
2: I I have to say, I think we, uh, I think we have that. Remember Kim, Kim Bowen on discernment therapy for the number of people percentage who can stay. So she does discernment therapy to help couples stay together and she is a success story for that so I did not go to therapy with my ex I knew well before I got the call that I was done I I didn't need therapy there was Mm. it was it was very clear so keep going with your your story and well uh, well specifically
0: like okay you tried to say that you were ready to move on like how did that how long did
1: were you guys in therapy and like were you just. We we did it on and off. Um, I, I did not do the homework. <laughs> it's like I'm not doing was, this homework. I literally would get written homework from You were done. Ones. You were yeah, done. No, it wasn't that I was done. I had three kids. I worked in the family business. I had my own startup. And I'm like, homework, just be nice. That's the homework. Just right. be nice. Simple. You know. Um and then it was literally the night that we were going out to celebrate my birthday at our friend's house. He walks in the kitchen, he goes, I would like a divorce. I said, okay. And, the then, we went, and then we went to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> okay. I, I feel Wait, like you're that's- going out to
2: Celebrate your birthday
1: with him? Yeah.
0: Because you were just, you really were, you'd already, you were already ready. You're like, it's not going to change it, my it night. Went, it wasn't
1: have... a surprise. It wasn't, you know, I've heard, we've all heard this a million times. It's not what you say. It's what you do. Yeah. It is totally. your actions. It is the little things. I don't need you to buy me a car. I need you to just be nice. I need you to right. spend time with the kids or, or, or do a little something for me, not ask me, where do we keep the turkey and where do we keep the mustard? You know, I mean, <laughs> honestly, right, right. Right. you know, I'm happy to do things, but y- there was no give and take. So, but at How that point you- it was like, dinner's ready. So uh-
0: how did you have a few shots tonight? How did you talk to your kids about it? Did they know you guys were in therapy that, that you were working on it? That there were
1: any I don't problems? Think, I don't really think they knew. I just don't think so. Um,
0: it, it was hard. Ages, it, they could understand.
1: It, yeah, it was a big surprise to the kids. It was a big surprise to friends and family. It, it was just, it was, it was hard. It was really, really hard. It's still hard, unfortunately. It's been how many years? Mm, we have been divorced six years, but a part eight. So it's took right. two years for the divorce. Yeah. Oh, which please. by the way, right. <laughs> mine did too.
0: And it's like nothing compared to THs. So, you know, oh, no. we know, no. yeah, we know it always
2: can take a long time. And we spoke so, to someone whose divorce is still going on nine years
1: later. Yeah. That was a that, bad. That means somebody doesn't want to get divorced.
0: Right. Or, yeah. There's money and taxes. It's there, but yeah. so, it's
2: complicated.
0: Not the divorce isn't a challenge in and of itself, but so you, you've dealt with some other challenges over the past few years, you got divorced, you had to close your startup, the business that you were doing to refocus, to find things that are fulfilling to you. And so many people face similar things, but really just get stuck in the negative. So how have you been able to like have this positive attitude and move forward on your own? That's,
1: I think the key of what we want to try to get across to people like life goes on. Right. And I think you need to look at the big picture and you need to have great friends. You need to have a routine. I mean, it sounds so ridiculous. You got to exercise. You've got to do things for yourself that make you feel good. You can't sit there and eat a pint of ice cream and go, woe is me, you know, go out. I have a routine every day. I start my day. I either walk, I do my Peloton, I go to the gym, I sweat. I literally did the Peloton this morning and I sat down at my desk to do paperwork and I said to myself, Oh, I'm Peloton ready now. And it sounds so queer. I get that. But if I didn't work out, I, I take me 10 times as as long.
0: I think if anyone can understand that it's DH because she is definitely like, it's
2: an, it's a mental state of mind. Right. But just the fact that he came and told you he wanted a divorce on your birthday and you oh, said, yeah. okay, and let's go to dinner. Right. Even though I was elated to be out of my marriage, it was a hallelujah. Right. I told her she saved my life that day. Right. I would never be able to sit with him again. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that was just the nature of our
1: relationship. You know what? So I... Are you two friends now? Are you friendly no, now? we're not. We're polite. I, I get a text if there's a death in my family, or I get, oh, happy birthday. And I'm thinking, really? That's not what I need. I need you to help me make the kids still feel comfortable. And- but he
2: never knew what you needed. That's mm-hmm. why it didn't work out.
1: You're exactly. speaking two totally different languages. Right. And, and that, exactly, right. Yeah. The, the
0: love languages. Well, there yes. should be a book of, like, the divorce languages.
1: Hey. We-
2: Hey, the same as the reverse of the love languages, right. end up in divorce. <laughs> right. But I'm
0: curious, so as you have a routine, but if you didn't have the easiest divorce, like how did you come out with such a positive attitude? You're like a I, ray of sunshine. I
1: mean, you know what? I, I had amazing friends. I really, really did. Uh, and I made amazing friends. And look, I spent a lot of nights alone. And I raised that 14-year-old from 14 to today basically on my own. And I had a few good friends who pitched in along the way. My daughter, who's six years older, she showed up for birthdays. She met me in Colorado to bring him to college and check him in and celebrate his 18th birthday. And it was hard, but she showed up. I I just, you know, I guess, um, thank God we're healthy. And I, yeah. and I know that sounds so again, strange, but if, if you're not healthy and you don't take care of yourself, you've got no, nothing. It, nothing matters. And so I'm healthy and thank God my kids are healthy and my family is healthy. And I, again, you, you put one foot in front of the other. It's not always easy, but um, it, it's know.
2: also who you choose to surround yourself with. We did speak about that a little bit on the call. And now you're, you're again saying, you know, you good, your, your group, your, your support group, your community. Um, Jessica and I talk about it all the time. There are many people in my life who serve different purposes. They probably weren't my go-to people on that day or maybe any time in that area, but somehow they randomly like showed up in my life. And I I remember to this day, I have like a list of people that I honestly thank basically every year for showing up for me and my kids that day because it was a shit show scramble and they showed up, you know, they're not my everyday Mm -hmm. go-to people, but they love my children and, you know, care enough about our family. So really surrounding yourself with positive people who have positive messaging, and you might be surprised who else shows up for you just because you already give off that good energy. Right. I
0: loved when one of the first times we spoke, we had the conversation, which is, was sort of the impetus of the article that you had written, like how you, are, not you, in general people, how we are yeah. categorized once we get divorced, right? You go to the doctor's <laughs> office, nice. you go to the school, you're filling out your kid's school forms. And not it's, are it. you married? Are you divorced? Oh. Are you single? Are you, you know, what, widowed, whatever. And like the idea of, Who fucking cares? And why is that the label that has to follow us? Define me, right? Right. So tell us a little bit about your philosophy about it because I just love it. So I'm a big
1: fan. I am single. I am not divorced. Me too. I'm single. I'm me. I I just I hate the divorce connotation. I remember um, one of our old nannies called the house a few years ago, well after we were divorced, and she asked to speak to me, and my ex-husband said she's not home he didn't tell her we were divorced. He just said, she's just not here. (laughs) And so maybe there was a miscommunication between her, but I think that even even he may have felt that divorce is a failure, it's a stigma. So, And I do feel like that. So I do like, I like single, just single.
2: I agree too. It's like you broke your foot 10 years ago. Am I still broken foot TH? No, I'm just TH. And I was divorced 2012, separated 2008. why does that define me? And, right. and that's the whole problem is that that's how society continues to push us down. And that's why we own these negative inner narrators. Now that's my, my uh, way of speaking um, because of society, because yeah. you're reminded when you have to check off the goddamn book, how old I am and what's my marital status. Thank I'm you like for that. reminding me. You don't know how old I am. I come every year. Right. Like, don't you have my year in here? Why do I have to update it every year? So we should do like a whole revamp anyway. But it is in the most random places. And I always choose single too. That's, right. I agree. It, it does though, Leslie, it's interesting you were saying you feel like it's possible that your ex was
0: feeling his own sense of shame or stigma around divorce. I mean, this is a conversation we have incessantly about like the societal pressure around the shame and stigma of divorce. For you, for how you were raised, like, do you is
1: that was that sort of the impression that you had? So that when divorce was not a topic, my my aunts were not divorced, my parents were not divorced. I didn't have a lot of friends who came from divorce. It wasn't, it's not who we were. So we were probably one of the first ones in our circle to get divorced. And I have to say, it's not that our friends don't have troubles. Like (laughs) when we were talking about therapy before, I have a friend they did a lot of therapy and they had enormous, enormous issues, but they both wanted it to work and they both came to the table and it took years, but they did it. And I think it's awesome. So I think um, it's just a matter of, you know, who wants to, who shows up and, you know, where we are today. I think divorce is very easy.
0: But for you to say, which I totally relate to, like divorce just isn't who we were. Right. I, I, too, grew up in a, in a small community in South Jersey outside of Philadelphia. My parents are still together today. Um, it's interesting. My sister is divorced, as am I. My brother's never gotten married, so who, who knows what's going on there. But right. I did not have a lot of friends whose parents were divorced. It, right. it was a very kind of foreign concept, and I do feel like it was frowned upon. Yeah, and it was other other,
1: other people got divorced.
0: That's right. And then when I had to actually utter those words to my parents that I was getting divorced, it was like I was in the gutter. Like I felt bad having to tell them because I knew how disappointed they would be and how sad and upset they would be. And I felt like I couldn't carry the weight of their sadness along with everything else that I was dealing with. Right. But like- how did your family react? How did your friends react when you were telling them? Did you, I guess my question is, whatever shame and stigma you grew up with or or felt or associated with divorce, when you yourself got divorced, did you feel that that was actually
1: like the reaction from the case? I think a lot of people were shocked. A lot of people just thought we were the perfect little couple and what issues did you have? And you had a great house and You know, that you didn't have any obvious struggles, Um, but some people, some people knew the inner workings um, of, of certain personalities, and so they had a clue but not
0: even the surprise of getting divorced. Like, did you feel like anyone made you feel shame or that you were a failure? Like, do you feel like
1: that stigma
0: actually played
1: itself out? And it still does. I was at a wedding, I guess, six months ago and, and a woman came up to me who, who we both knew. And she goes, how are you? Oh, are you happy? Are you okay? And I'm thinking, I'm nope. making my own money. I'm making my own decisions. Again, we're all healthy. We're all happy. Would I love my family together? Of course. But I'm not sitting there, woe is me. I mean, I'm 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 a dynamic person today, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I feel like people like that, it's like they're just trying to glom on to other people's misery so they oh, can She's miserable about
1: it. herself. She she won't admit right. it, but she's in a tough spot herself. Hope she never listens to this. Yeah, right. Uh,
2: <laughs> but, that, but that's exactly why we need to be talking about it. Right. So even for people who have good intentions coming up and asking questions and so on and so forth, like, it, let, let's just keep talking about it. So you know what to say to us now. So right. you know that whether or not I'm in a relationship doesn't mean I'm unhappy or poor me that I'm not with a guy or he's not with a girl after a separation or a divorce. Like we need to keep talking about how it feels afterwards. Right. So that people get rid of these like false assumptions and, oh honey, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna find a
1: really nice guy, what, to take care of me? <laughs> exactly, right? exactly. exactly. You know what? If I have a question about something, I know who to call. I call one of my three kids. <laughs> I call the CPA. <laughs> I call my friend who taught me how to manage my financials. You know, I, if I want to go have dinner, I, I pick up the phone. If I want someone to come over, I pick pick up the phone. How about that? That's a good takeaway too. You're divorced, you're lonely. Pick up the phone. Don't wait for people to call you. Yeah. What? How do you
0: think, or what would you say to people? So someone, you know, finds out that a friend or a family member or someone is getting divorced. Like, what would you say is would be the best reaction for someone to have, I almost feel like I hate to use the analogy, but right, oftentimes, especially at this stage of our lives, we know people who are losing their parents, right? And I think that a lot of times we hear things like that, and it's like we don't know what to say. We don't know if what we're going to say is going to upset them. We don't want to like make them cry. We are very inappropriate inadvertently often, and I think that there's a little bit of that with divorce. Like people don't know how to react. So how would would it be best played for you? What would you want someone to say? Or what would what do you wish? If,
1: if it was me a few years ago, um, I, someone wanted to pick up the, actually some people did pick up the phone. And one, one girl I knew from a million years ago, and she's like, hey, let's just do something. You know, and she was single. So I'm sure she was happy to have a new single friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you just pick up the phone and say, you know, I, I heard what's going on. Do you want to get together? You know? Keep it and simple. Keep it light. I shut worry up. that
0: people would think that then it be like, well, she just wants to get together to hear all of the,
1: go- yeah, the gossip. the nitty gritty, right. I know. I, you I don't do. find out though, and you can
2: shut it down. Like you right. don't have to answer questions you don't want to answer. And in Cheryl Sandberg's book, she spoke about losing her husband suddenly. And she said, don't ask me how I'm doing. That's like a huge question. I don't even know how to answer that. Right. But if you say, How are you doing right now?
1: I can't well right.
2: I can be in touch with that. And that that's I appreciate that. So that that was something I read that I've definitely held on to and I use it myself, even for friends who are going through surgery or whatever, if there's stuff like how are you
1: doing right now? Right. It's always been a quality question. I have to <laughs> say the most interesting thing I did um, two summers ago, I had, I was away for the summer, I was in Colorado, and some of my old friends from my married days were there, and we got together a few times, and we wouldn't really get together to eat or drink, we got together to hike, and I'm sure somewhere there's a clinical term or or observation for this, but when you exercise, and you have therapy, which is what it felt like, but I didn't realize it, so here we are, we're hiking in the mountains, Right? So we're working out, we're sweating, we're breathing in amazing fresh air and oxygen, and we're talking and they're asking me tough questions. And I was like, normally I would have gone, oh, I don't really want to go there, but because I felt so good because I was exercising and I, I guess I opened up and I was in a safe place with them. We really, we, we broke through a lot. So I think, I know I keep saying exercise, 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 but I'm the first person. If someone says, hey Les, what do you want to do? I can say, let's do yoga. Let's go hike. Let's go for a walk. Let's bike. Even with my ex-husband, we dated on and off so many times for a few years. And finally, when we like the third time we were getting back together, he's what do you want to do? I was like, let's go run. And I would make him get up at like six in the morning and we would run in his neighborhood. And so you are my girl. And I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner, but I just knew I just I don't want to just sit there and eat and talk and chat and woe is me. I think the more you can do and and get the blood pumping and get your mind expanding and, and talk about difficult things, the better off you are. So, you know, if someone wants to talk to you about a difficult situation, you know, don't do it over a drink, do it. Well, do it. And I love that it's like, you know, what do you
0: want it? So maybe part of the response, if someone hears about someone else getting divorced, like maybe it's like, let's go take a walk. Let's go for a hike instead of let's go have lunch. Yeah. Right. right? Because then it's like, you're doing right. You're doing something active and you can enjoy yourself and you can be in that space with, with a more open mind. You know, when I hear now that people are getting divorced, my, my kind of go-to reaction these days is, um, I'm sorry to hear that because I am sorry to hear that anyone's marriage and anyone's family, you know, is not going to be together anymore. But, um, what do I say? I say something to the extent of like, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but I'm not sorry if you're happy about it.
1: Right. I've had that. I've had a lot of people say that to me. You're so much better today. You've grown so much. And I think, I think if people know that it's going to be hard, it was hard on me. I won't deny that. Um, but you, you can really turn into a much better person. Is that-
0: you can, but I wonder, like, so, like, it's interesting. You just said that people would be like, you're so much better now. Like I remember for a while in the beginning. Oh, like so better. my, my, my first husband had cheated. And so there were a lot of people who immediately jumped on the, like he's an asshole band, you know, on the, on the, he's an asshole bandwagon mm-hmm. and you're so much better off without him. And I, I honestly, like, that really wasn't how I was feeling. I mean, I wasn't okay, obviously, with the affair and the fact that he had been unfaithful, but in in many ways, I still liked him as a person. I still enjoyed him as a person. I still thought that he was a good dad. I still felt like... I needed him in my life. Obviously, also I had really little kids. Like it wasn't going to benefit anybody to not get right. around at all. And I kind of felt sometimes like it was a little bit condescending or patronizing when people would be like, "You're so much better off without him." Like for me personally, that was not the right thing to say. Right. I didn't
2: need we people telling to do a whole other podcast away. on what to say and what or what not to say. I
1: think it's a book. No, go back to the the five love languages of surviving a divorce or something. Yeah. 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 Totally. So what do you wish you knew back then? Uh, the first thing is I wish I didn't believe everything I was told. Um, you know, financially. Pardon me? By whom? Him? Uh yes. Okay. And and by attorneys. Okay. I did I did have one, you know, great my my CPA. He's like, nope, you can't do that. Nope, you can't sign that. Nope, you can't do this. And you know, it, it it got very sticky on that side of things. Um, and it just, you know, people like, oh I'll always be there for you, but you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're just right. not. So I think, you know, what I realized is that, you know, the new people in my life and my dear friends, they were there for me. And that's, that was pretty important. I actually have a list of things. So forgive me. I want to do no, it please share
0: <laughs> i love that because honestly like there's so much that we all grow and learn from and you can look back right the whole hindsight right. is 2020 i mean it's cliche but it's so true, true. so like true. what do you wish you knew back then i mean the, I wish I didn't believe, like believe everything I heard. I mean, that right. can be applicable in so many different areas with so many different people, but to, for people to hear, like, I wish I didn't believe everything that I heard during my divorce process. That's a valuable own, piece of information.
1: But even your own attorney, you know, it was hard. Like he tried to guide me in certain ways and he, and I understood that, but other things, you know, he was totally wrong about. So you, you really, you have to just wake up and look, again, I was going through a divorce. I was managing my own business. I was managing a very, very, very brilliant but difficult teenage son that I I was solely responsible for. So I I was distracted, you know, but again, I can't complain. The dust is settling. Um, I think number two on my list is, is it's a divorce. I get that. But don't be emotional because by the time you get to the divorce, it's a business transaction. So right. you're going to do your due diligence just like you would before you sign a contract, so, which it is, right? Yes. Totally. So, so talk about so, that all the time. Yeah.
0: All the time. Being able to separate the emotions. It's hard to, compartmental- right. to compartmentalize that is way. The
1: divorce, which is, you know, synonymous with emotional. Um, take the high road. It's so hard. You know, you don't want to. You don't want anyone to stick it to them but that gets you nowhere. And so, you know, so many times I felt like, you know, this is just so not right, but it doesn't matter. It just, so much of it is so petty and does not matter. Just move on, be nice. You know, maybe it was a little fake sometimes, but um,
0: you do what you gotta if, do.
1: Even if it right. hurts, you know, don't, don't be, don't not acknowledge how you're feeling, but I think taking the high road, like, you know, you're walking down the street, of course, say hello. Don't pretend you don't see me in the spin class at the gym. You you don't, you don't recognize me. I'm five bikes away from you. You spent (laughs) 20 plus years with me and you really didn't see me.
2: I know. I I got to say, I, I hear you. And I've been told cream rises to the top every time. Yeah. But I do. And I'm confessing right now, like I, well, he won't, he would completely ignore me. Right. So I don't even want to bother. Right. It's hard. I'm not there. This is still like a really long time.
1: I. Now I that you bring it, it up,
2: mm-hmm. and I do. I am the cream on top. I am, you know, a lady. I don't. But there are certain situations like he will literally he dropped my kids off at my house on my birthday and did not say happy birthday. Right. Literally maybe, in maybe my face. Forgot. I don't know, you're together Damn for 20 years and you forget
0: someone's birthday? I don't, I don't know. I'm excuses for him. Um, yeah. I don't That's know, right. even worse. But I hear yeah, you. I hear he you can
1: be queen of excuses, yes. But yeah. it's also, look, I mean... It,
0: Things are easy to say, right? right. But I feel like, Tate knows where I stand yeah. on it. I, I'm big onto like taking the high road and all of that stuff. And and I feel like for, even in challenging situations where it's not possible because it really does take two people to be able to have that kind of a dynamic. At the same time, it's like, well, don't necessarily lose hope. Like you never know down the line if things might change for one reason or another. And while Someone listening, you may feel like you've done and always do everything, and that you know, they're the ones that aren't like there might be something that happens later on in life that changes the circumstances. And you just want to be open to the idea, like that later on, who knows? Maybe they'll be, maybe I
1: need you, but you know, right now, I know if I need something, that's not the door. I'm not, you're not me. the guy, <laughs> right? No, me neither. But, but with cream rises to
2: the top, that's also you're doing it for yourself. And like your When kids. you see right. him at the gym, you're walking through saying to yourself, I'm going to be better than this. Right. 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 So it's your, it's for you. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't gotten there yet, clearly, but I think it's more about you than even them. It
0: is, right. but it's also so that you're not like, I, I do you're think setting tone. To, to the, to the exes but, or the outlaws as I call them, because I love that. <laughs> Because they're not your in-laws anymore, so now they're outlaws. I like but it. I feel like I don't ever want to give them a nugget of ammunition for them to say I did the wrong thing. I would rather do the right thing, even if it's not well received, right. um, to just know that I did the right thing. Although fortunately for me, it for, with them it is well received. I mean, things have been up and down right. over the years, but we're in a really good place right now, so that's, that's fine. Great. But it's tough. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, and now what's the one thing you want other people who are going through divorce to know?
1: Uh, People who are going through divorce right now. Right now that you're going to come out the other side and life will blossom. You have to work at it though. You have to want it, you know, but, but I I know this sounds so weird. It's like (laughs) relationships are not jobs per se. But sometimes in life, you don't stay with the same job forever, right? Right. And you transition and you grow from one career to the next. And I don't know. I mean, I would have liked to have thought that you get married and you have good intentions and everyone grows together. But we're on this podcast for a reason. And that's not always the case. And that you move on and you grow. And hopefully it's for the better. So look forward to blossoming. Yeah.
2: I love that. We're all about it. Divorce is an opportunity. That's, That's right. right.
0: So thank you, Leslie, so much for You're all welcome. of your words of Hi. wisdom. Thank you for us, helpful. And My Yeah, pleasure. we really appreciate it. All right, good. Here till the next time. Thank you. Take care, ladies. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.